What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 18 of The Deep Ball. I'm your host, Anthony Paolo, joined, of course, by my co-host, Corey Lickman. Core, how's it going today? It's going pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing very well, Core. So today, we're going to give our first of two off-season previews, uh, team previews. And being that we're from New York, you know, downstate New York, we're going to do the Giants and the Jets, only fitting. Uh, to my displeasure, we're going to start with the Jets first. But uh, that's okay. We'll save the best for last. But to do this, bringing on uh, another guy, a Jet expert, big-time Jet fan, please welcome Nick Cuccinella to the podcast. Cooch, it's a pleasure to have you. What's up, guys? I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I mean, Cooch, big-time Jets fan, long-time, lifetime listener of the podcast, uh, all 17 episodes he's listened to uh, from beginning to end, so definitely prepared for this. But uh, today, we're going to talk about the New York Jets and kind of react to their coaching hire, uh, kind of talk about what we think they should do over the offseason, whether it's in free agency or the draft, maybe give a little bit of our outlook on their future. Because, uh, listen, there wasn't a lot to talk about this past season with the Jets. I mean, they win two games. Uh, I guess, I mean, two playoff teams. I mean, at least I'll give them that. But uh, then they kind of lose out on Trevor Lawrence and the sweepstakes. But Adam Gase was an absolute mess. Greg Williams, their defensive coordinator, was a mess. They're bringing in a whole new staff. It all starts at the top, and that's Robert Sala. The question will be, is Sala the savior in New York? Corey, I'll start with you first. What, what, what do you think about Sala? We talked about him a little, but kind of want to get a little bit more in depth about this. Uh, how do you feel about the hire? Yeah, personally, I love the hire. Uh, I'm not going to call something the savior. Just from like, I mean, they had two wins last year, and I mean, in like the NFL and any sport, I mean, like you need talent to win. But I definitely think it's a uh, the right, it's a start in the right direction. It's hiring uh, Robert Sala got a lot of energy, had um, a lot of success in San Francisco, leading that defense to a Super Bowl. So, yeah, I definitely think it's a start in the right direction. So I definitely like the hire, but I'm not going to call it a savior yet just because they need to they need to upgrade some pieces on this team to uh, make themselves like playoffs and eventually, hopefully, Super Bowl contenders. But, yeah, definitely a really good hire in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you on that. I think that Salah coming over from San Francisco, a place where he's had success on the defensive side of the ball. I've always said that. I think it's very important to get your culture set first. I think Salah will definitely accomplish that in New York. Uh, I think, as any of you guys can say, that with Adam Gase, it was an absolute mess. I mean, the players mm-hmm. clearly didn't want to play for him. So I think the biggest thing with Salah is getting the locker room behind him. also think it's nice that he brought in a guy like Mike LaFleur, who's worked under Kyle Shanahan to uh, – hopefully revamp the offense. What do you guys think about um, possibly the direction of the Jets' offense then, where it could head? Yeah, the offense, um, hey, also coming over from San Francisco, um, no matter who the quarterback is next year, whether it's Sam Donald, we'll get into it a little later, him, or uh, if they draft someone or pull off like a, a magical trade, yeah, um, LaFleur should be able to, to help that quarterback as uh, Jimmy G had some uh, success in San Francisco with uh, LaFleur and Shanahan. So, I mean, I'm, I think the Jets, Joe Douglas did a great job this offseason um, with the coaching staff hiring a good head coach and um, the offensive coordinator to help this team grow. Yeah, Cooch, I want to ask you too. Do you think uh, there was any coach out there who you would have rather seen hired than Robert Sala? I knew this question was going to come. I was just going to say that. So, my top two guys – during the offseason that I was looking at, I loved Matt Campbell and I loved Robert yeah, Sala yeah. just because of the just because of the culture. Like that's exactly what the Jets needed. It was it was all about a culture change. None of the players wanted to play for Adam Gase anymore. 
So it's all about the culture change, and that's why I love the hire. Yeah, I mean, like I, I've said, we've said this too with uh, like Brian Flores coming over into Miami two years ago, and then this past that past off season, uh, Joe Judge obviously gets hired by the Giants. It kind of seems like Sala was like one of those hires. I know Joe Judge not really a defensive minded coach, but Brian Flores was. So I mean, hopefully the future's bright for the Jets. Like I've always said, you got to get it right at the top, and I think the Jets finally did because I mean, this Sala's literally the polar opposite of Adam Gase. I agree. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, oh, you can go. You can go. Listen, listen, if you want, I mean, Adam Gase, I don't know if he even deserves to get talked about. On yeah, this. Right. I mean, he, he, was, he was getting talked about for a while with the Seahawks and a little bit with, I think, Alabama, too, for a little bit. Alabama. Yeah, he, he was. I, Bill, Bill O'Brien ends up taking the job at Alabama as the offensive coordinator, which is just unbelievable. If you think I didn't like, even that's know <laughs> Kind of a kind of a fall from grace. I mean, if you think about it, the guy was basically the GM too in Houston and the head coach, and now he's working under Saban. Kind of. I mean, lucky for him though, he'll get another opportunity because he'll probably be amazing at Alabama. Because I mean, you're coaching five star recruits, like you can't be bad. But uh, another Bill O'Brien talking bad coaching talk. Let's get more into uh kind of the players at the Jets, and I think it all starts again at the quarterback position with the Jets on their decision if they're going to keep Sam Darnold or move on from him. I think if – well, I kind of know if the Jets had this number one pick, I think they would definitely go Trevor Lawrence and they trade Sam Darnold. <laughs> but uh, before kind of uh, – we decide on, like, what we think if they should keep or move him. Coots, I'll start with you first. Like, what, what do you feel about Darnold? Like, how do you feel about him? Like, what do you think he's proved so far in his three-year NFL career? I think Darnold has shown he has the athletic ability. Like, he definitely has it. He has – I remember during – I forgot what team they were playing, but he had whatever, the 60-yard touchdown run, whatever that was. Like He's shown the athletic ability. He's shown the arm strength. He's shown it all, but it's just – I feel like the Jets have messed him up already so much that he just needs a, a new like a new start, and so do the Jets. I think it's just time for a breakup to happen and for them both to get new clean starts. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm with you on the – like that, that run, it was against the Broncos on like that Thursday night football game. I mean yeah. – he- does that, like that fake slide on the guy and then runs into the end zone. It's like flashes like that will give you. I forgot what game to – I think it was – oh, it was the 49ers like where he makes – it's like he like breaks out of the pocket, makes a really nice touchdown throw. It's like it's like plays like that that really give you hope on him. And then he'll start seeing ghosts like he did against New England. And it's just like, come on, man. I, I, get, I Granted, he's had three different offensive coordinators, I believe. This is uh, his – now this is going to be his um second head coach. I mean – it's probably, oh no, this is gonna be a third head coach, right? Because didn't he have Todd Bowles' this rookie year? Oh uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yes. I think he did. Yeah, so this is gonna be his third different head coach. I mean, that's kind of, that's a mess. Like anybody in that situation is gonna be real hard to thrive. Uh, Corey, sure. it's an agreement then. Yeah, I'm pretty much in agreement. Like uh, like Cooch said, Sam Darnold's definitely shown flashes. Like, I mean, yeah, against the Broncos, the 49ers, he had to play against the Colts early in the year. He like scrambled. Found like Braxton Berrios, like um, yeah, Sam Darnold definitely shown flashes, but I do think the Jets need to move on from him because in um the three seasons that he's played, I mean he's either he's shown like flashes late, but he hasn't been able to put together like a whole season of success. And I think I think he has the potential to do it, but I think it'd be better off for the Jets to move on. He just they got a new coach, I think if they can get a new quarterback. Uh, maybe draft like a quarterback uh, definitely would be a fresh start for them and would help their franchise. And yeah, for Sam Donald, if he got traded to a team like the Bears or 
I don't know, like the Steelers or the Redskins or, or the Washington football team, my four, a team like that, definitely could help him. And, I, yeah, he, he needs a new, a new team also. So, yeah, definitely think they should move on from Sam Darnold. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think that a spot like Chicago or Washington would be a real good place fit for him. But I think the question also comes down to, like, what can you really get for him, though, at this point? Like, I remember towards, like, December, you were kind of, like, when it seemed that the Jets would get Trevor Lawrence, it's like, all right, maybe you can get, like, a late first-round pick out of Sam Darnold. Like, maybe a team like Pittsburgh at the time would look like they'd be picking in, like, the high 20s. I mean, now they're picking in the low 20s, but still. Uh, a team like, you thought maybe an early second-round pick on a team that, like, maybe still young, like like a team like the Lions, I guess, without Stafford. But obviously now they have Jared Goff. Like a team picking in like that range in the second round. But I mean, now I think it, like the better question is like, will you even get a second round pick out of Sam Darnold or does he only go for a third rounder? Before we talk about what his, um, his value would be in a trade, I also wanted to say that I feel like since this season was going on and the whole Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes, I feel like the fan base also kind of, ruined him not that they ruined like what he's been doing for the past three years I'm saying like same stuff that happened to Carson Wentz with the Jalen Hurts like hype up I'm saying like it's so demoralizing for a guy to hear another quarterback's name that the fan base wants to replace him as the season goes on that I think by this time like he knows that you know it's time just to end it and that's pretty much it you know no I'm I'm so with you on that I think Mm -hmm. that you can't like, especially the quarterback, like like the jet, like the quarterback. It's your team, like he's he, like, and when like it kind of question that, like, is it really your team? Like, I mean, his head is probably all messed up. It's probably in a million different places in New York, and that's why I personally think that the Jets ruined him, and like he needs a fresh start. Like, I I would not be surprised at all if Sam Darnold has a breakout year if he goes to a team like San a developed Francisco, team. I don't think yeah, we, exactly. Like an, yeah, like which I don't think we, team. Yeah, a hundred percent agree with you on that. But, um, I mean, we'll kind of – I think we're not going to ask yet if we watch him call, where do we think the Jets should go at quarterback? They move on from Sam Darnold. We'll get into that more with, like, the draft because I think we can all agree on they should not go after anybody in free agency. I mean, there's really nobody in free agency to go after. But uh, I'll kind of throw this thing this kind of a little off script here. But, uh, of course, I'll start with you first. What, like, what were your feelings, too, about, like, kind of like the Deshaun Watson rumors for a little bit going to the Jets? Yeah, I mean, obviously as a Jets fan – to get a top a top five quarterback, I mean, it's obviously exciting, and I'd want Deshaun Watson, but in the long run, uh, it, it, I don't think it makes that much sense for the for the Jets to give up like that many first round picks. I mean, they just have so many holes on the team. Yeah, having a stuck quarterback like Deshaun Watson, obviously the fans are gonna want that, and I'd want it too. But I, Deshaun Watson comes to this team, and they. They're, the rest of the team is still – I mean, even if they get some free agents, they're just not that good of a team right now. I mean, it's, it's going to take time. So even if he comes maybe this year, even the next year, they're probably not a playoff team. If they are, they're definitely not like a Super Bowl contender. I think Deshaun Watson's better off going to a team who have a better overall team compared to the Jets. So that's my feel on it. Obviously, I'd like to have Watson, but at the end of the day, I don't know how – worth it it is at this point Cooch what about you I agree I mean I was excited about I wasn't excited about Deshaun Watson at first because of what Corey was saying but as the rumors kept going around I started to realize like what the Jets need is a franchise quarterback you know like we signed you signed Deshaun Watson and you have your quarterback for the next 
10, whatever, 15 years. You know, I understand we still have a lot of pieces and those draft picks would help. But I think if you if you have an opportunity to get a guy like Deshaun Watson, who's a top five quarterback in the league right now with all that cap space, I think that you just you have to do it. You know, three yeah. draft, three first round yeah. picks, whatever, you know, nothing past three or four. But I think if you have an opportunity to get a franchise quarterback on your team, I, I don't know how you would say no. Yeah, no, I, I feel I feel that, too. Like, I think that, like, Deshaun Watson is just in that tier that he's so good and that, like, people are going to – it's like, kind of like the field of dreams. It's like, if you build it, he will come. Like, if you have Deshaun Watson, the free agents will come. Like, that's an attractive piece. I think you run the risk, though, of maybe, like, Deshaun Watson, I think he has three years left on that big contract of his. Maybe he's still four, honestly. I, honestly, maybe it just kicks in this year. But um, you would be paying him a lot of money, especially because they have been only paying Sam Darnold on a rookie contract. It's a big uptick in salary at the quarterback position. But I think at the end of the day, you figure that out after and you uh, ride with Deshaun Watson. I personally just didn't think it made much sense for Deshaun Watson to want to go from a dysfunctional place like Houston to now a place like the Jets, which also is not like, I mean, yeah, they're a little more stable, I guess, than Houston. But like, is it really, are, are the Jets with Deshaun Watson that much better than the Texans are with Deshaun Watson? I think that's the question. I think the Jets have a lot more promise, but I think today, if the Jets had Deshaun Watson on their roster, they're not that much better than the Texans were with Deshaun Watson. That's just personally I, how I feel. I agree. No, I agree with that. That mm-hmm. That's my reason. That's my reason behind like not wanting Deshaun Watson is because of that reason. You know, I would love to get, you know, still like a guy on their rookie contract, like, and so you can use the money other places, but it's just because of how good Deshaun Watson is that that's the only thing that keeps me like, okay, if we get Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I just wanted to, to clarify that obviously getting a, like Deshaun Watson is a superstar in this league that, I mean, if you, you could, you do what you have to do to get him. I was just like saying, like you said, they even if they get the Sean Watson, how much better are they really going? The Texans were this year. That's what I meant. Just like they just don't have that good of a, a team surrounding the Sean, whoever the quarterback is right now. That's what uh, I was trying to say. Listen, we understand, Court. We we get it. Cause like, look, at the end of the day, like Deshaun Watson isn't gonna make the Jets Super Bowl contenders. I'm like, yeah, it's cool to watch like. The Jets maybe go eight and eight and nine and seven, but I mean, we don't like you really don't care that much about like a team if they're not really. I mean, obviously, I, I shouldn't say that. Like, it's always good to obviously watch your team win, but like, do you really want your team to be like constantly in that like seven, eight win range, or do you want your team to kind of like maybe take a little longer to build with the potential to have a lot higher of a ceiling? I think the Jets' ceiling has a chance to be a lot lower without Deshaun Watson, but I mean, I don't. I think it has a chance to be a lot higher than Deshaun Watson because of the fact that, yeah, if you take a rookie quarterback and he turns into the next big thing, I mean, that's $6 million you're paying him versus the $40 million that you're paying Watson. You could pay a top-tier receiver, a top-tier offensive lineman. So it's all picking and choosing. It's all kind of trusting your developmental team. But that kind of brings us into our free agency decisions for the Jets. I don't know how desirable the Jets are as a free agent market. Obviously, they're in New York, but, I mean, you could argue that they're – one uh, place where really not a lot of free agents have to go, but the Jets do have a lot of money. They could overpay people. We'll start with guys on the Jets who are on their expiring contracts and will be their own free agents. Uh, I'll start with you guys first. I want to see where you are on this. I know I think the big name that sticks out is Marcus May. We'll start with Corey first. Corey, you think they should bring back Marcus May? I think they definitely have to bring back Marcus May um, with Jamal Adams 
Uh, obviously going to the Fjord this year, Marcus May played played really well this year and gave a lot of effort. So I think uh, definitely have to bring back Marcus May. He proved he could be a top safety on a team and uh, be a great piece in the in the secondary. So yeah, I definitely think you got to do whatever it takes to bring back Marcus May. Cooch, you in agreement? Oh, 100%. I, I'm in complete agreement. I saw they had a report out that it's a priority to sign Marcus May back. And I know they said the same thing about um, Jamal Adams at the time, who did get traded. But I think with Robert Sala, I think this will be different this time. I think he will get signed. Yeah, I think I definitely um think Marcus May should come back. I'm pretty sure Marcus May was a captain too, right? I think he got yeah. named captain last year. Yeah. So, I mean, like that, that's kind of also like one of those like culture things that like you really want to let one of your captains walk out the door. But uh, I think when you they traded Jamal Adams, part of the reason why they did trade Jamal Adams is because they knew they had this underrated second, former second-round pick in Marcus May. They also have Ashton Davis. It was a third-round pick from last year. So I think you bring May back, pair him up with Davis. I think that's a really good safety tandem, obviously, for Salah to work with. But uh, anybody else that you really think that the Jets definitely need to bring back? Or is, I feel like everybody is – me personally, I feel like everybody else is kind of expendable. Any Any other names jump off the page? I think Marcus May is the big one, you know. Mm-hmm. There are a couple other free agents, but I think Marcus May is the big one. I think this team needs, you know, just a revamp. We need, a, you know, just new guys coming in. But I think a guy like Marcus May is one you can't let go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of uh, agree with that. Definitely Marcus May. Maybe maybe bring back, like, Brian Poole, another guy to help your, your secondary maybe mm-hmm. – Skew it, but I'd say, yeah, besides that, a lot of the guys are just borderline, I won't call them journeymen, but they're just like, you, you could take them or leave them almost. Like they don't have to be resigned. Definitely Marcus May. Yeah. Top priority. Very, very expendable, very expendable pieces. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think, yeah, maybe I should show a little more love to Brian Poole because Brian Poole is a very good slot corner. I actually think that they would, they would benefit by bringing him back. But, uh, I mean, also, what's happening with the Jets, too, I mean, Salah's coming in, so their defense is going to change from a 3-4 to a 4-3. So, I know they have, like, their two like their two starting edge rushers, like Jordan Jenkins and Terrell, Terrell Basham, were both, uh, are both free agents. I mean, those guys are probably gone because they just don't fit schematically anymore. So, it kind of also, to that point, that Salah's going to try to bring in his own guys, you know what I mean? Like, you're rebuilding your organization. You want the guys who you're kind of familiar with. Kind of brings us into... Who they who you think they're gonna target in free agency? I'll start first, and you guys can take it from here. I think one guy that they're definitely gonna target. Uh, I think they're gonna he's gonna pick right from San Francisco. I think they're either gonna bring in either a Richard Sherman, who would be a big name. I know he's not the same player he once was, but he's still a veteran presence. I still he's not an All Pro level corner anymore, but I mean he's 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 accomplished that before. He'll be great in the locker room, or potentially the other corner on San Francisco this past year, Jason Verrett, kind of had a career year for Robert Sala in his defense. But I think either of those two guys would be real good at corner and they kind of bring some familiarity to the system. Yeah, definitely. Richard yeah, I agree. Sherman. Yeah, Sherman. Um, yeah, he's obviously not the corner he once was. But yeah, definitely to um, to come over with Robert Sala, uh, definitely the veteran presence. Still could get it done on the field. I think that'd be a, a really big signing. But I'm going to go, I don't know, I'll give Cooch, let me hear your opinion also on it. I think it would be a good idea to bring Sherman in. Exactly. He's not the same player he was, but I just think like the culture, like the culture they developed in San Francisco, Sherman knows what that is. Sherman's familiar with Salah. I I think for the young guys we have, I think Sherman would be a very good addition to the team. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, I mean, 
could say it better myself. Corey, you, Corey, no, you take it out. You, you seem like you're onto something. What do you want to go with? No, I mean, also, I think definitely in free agency, they're going to try to bring in like a big name wide receiver. Obviously, mm-hmm. like Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay. Uh, I know Juju is like a, sh- a slot receiver, someone like that. And then I definitely think they need an edge rusher who they could get in free agency. I mean, Shaq Barrett, going to be tough to bring over. From the from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, just won a Super Bowl, but uh, that's a, a big name. Maybe Matthew Judon from Baltimore Ravens. Just uh, a guy on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, if they can get, I know they have a lot of cap space. They were able to get somehow bring over a solid wide receiver, and then got get get like a solid edge like Matthew Judon. I think that'd be a very very successful offseason. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna count on that, but that that'd be ideal. Yeah, listen, the Jets got money to spend. Uh, I know Judon's kind of uh, with, like, Baltimore. They also have to think about Nagakwe, so it's kind of choosing between the two. Uh, definitely definitely want some money. I think you definitely might have to overpay, but, I mean, the guy's a Pro Bowl-level player. Uh, another guy who I think on the defensive side of the ball the Jets could target, I know I'm going right back to San Francisco. Actually, these are two former guys who have played under Salah. K.J. Wright, uh, right outside linebacker from Seattle, a guy who played in Robert Salah's system when Salah was, like, an assistant in uh, Seattle under, like, the Legion of Boom. Uh, KJ Wright, more of, like, a pass coverage linebacker with the, the Jets switching to a 4-3. Definitely be a good fit for them. Uh, Solomon Thomas from San Francisco, I think, could be a potential uh, defensive end who they could pick up. Like I said, just another thing that I think it's so important for Salah to get his familiarity in the building. So I think that might help out. But I kind of want to bring it back to wide receiver and kind of talk about these free agent wide receivers. I think the big horses got to be Allen Robinson. Uh, Kenny Galladay, of course. Chris Godwin's also a free agent. I don't think he's going to end up making it the free agency. I think the Buccaneers will franchise tag him. Uh, we kind of talked about Juju. You mentioned Juju. I personally don't think Juju's as good of a fit for the Jets because I think Juju thrives the most in the slot. I think Juju is a good receiver. I know he gets a lot of, he gets a lot of hate. He's a good receiver, but I th- he's more of like the slot guy. And I think with Jamison Crowder, it's not like a, like a direct fit. I think they'd be much better off maybe paying a little less money to a guy like Cole. Corey Davis, but I want to hear your guys' opinion on like who's your most desired wide receiver that you'd want the Jets to go pick up. I mean, I I think I think the best wide receiver in this free agency class is it's got to be Allen Robinson. You know, like you got guys like Kenny Galladay, Chris Godwin, even Will Fuller. I like Will Fuller a lot too, but I think my top two guys would be Allen Robinson and Will Fuller, and Allen Robinson on top of that. And I think we should get a number one receiver because going back to Darnold, I feel like he never really had that number one receiver to like, to let him shine or like to, to always his go-to guy. Like he never had that. And that's one reason why we, we never progressed with him. I feel like if whether, whatever we do at a quarterback position, we need that number one receiver. And I think Allen Robinson could be that guy. Yeah, definitely Allen Robinson at the top of the board. And I'm going to say a guy a little less cheaper, the hometown hero. Curtis Samuel mm-hmm. from the Carolina, uh, a um, personal player. I know um, he's not like that, like a threat, like Allen Robinson. But I mean, if he, he he's in a, a spot right now, where he's with DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, two uh, two good receivers. He comes to New York, where he's from. Um, he probably evolves into even a bigger role that he had in Carolina. And, and he's cheaper than the top guys like Allen Robinson. So I think that'd be a good fit also. But, yeah, Allen Robinson definitely at the top of the list. You know what's interesting, too, about um 
Curtis Samuel is that like, I, listen, I, I can't stop myself on thinking like how the Jets are going to look like offensively, like with San Francisco's like kind of system in place. I think like he's not as physical as Debo Samuel, but like kind of similar to how they use Brandon Ayuk. I mean, they use Ayuk on the Jets sweeps. And I think that like Curtis Samuel, I mean, he played a little running back in college too. He's like more of like that receiver that if you can get him into like, you gotta have like a couple packages designed for him to like really showcase his athleticism and his elusiveness. But uh, yeah, I think Curtis would be a real interesting fit uh, in the Jets' offense. I actually, I would love to see that actually. Bring, and bring him home. I know he played plays high school ball. I think at uh, Erasmus Hall. I think it was. Yeah, Erasmus Hall. And then, uh, and then he goes on to Ohio State. But yeah, Curtis Samuel, bring him back. Bring him back to the Big Apple. It kind of stinks too because it feels like I know I know you guys lost him last year in free agency. But Robbie Anderson seemed like if he was a free, like it, it would have been such a perfect fit next to Denzel Mims and. Uh, Jamison Crowder, you know, I, like, I feel like those three, now that we kind of see how Robbie Anderson broke out a little bit, I feel like, damn, man, like, really let him get away. Yeah, man. Also, as a Robbie fan, basically exchanged Robbie Anderson for Brashard Perriman, no disrespect, Brashard Perriman, but he was injured a lot this year, and Robbie Anderson definitely, definitely outplayed him this year. So, I mean, yeah, definitely, definitely miss Robbie in the, in the green and white. I agree. Yeah, well, one one guy who I also want to talk about that I think would be a interesting get for the Jets, Joe Thune. Uh they were big on him last year until he got franchise tagged by the Patriots. Uh they I believe he played I don't know if he played left guard or right guard. I think he played left guard this year. So I think he moved around a little bit because they had like this rookie on their offensive line. But I think Joe Thune would be a big get. I, and the Jets are kind of quietly rebuilding their offensive line. Uh Makai Beckton was a home run hit in the draft. Uh, they signed George Fant from Seattle last year. He was all right this year, nothing special. Connor McGovern they brought in from Denver last year. So I think you bring in Thune at guard. I mean, right there, that's probably four out of your five starters. Then you need to maybe draft another one, maybe bring in a cheaper acquisition. And then it's kind of like, all right, we're setting up quality pieces that like whoever we bring in at quarterback should at least thrive because they're, they've been given a lot more than we gave Sam Darnold. I agree, too. I think uh, two of the big things we need this offseason is definitely receiver and definitely to improve the offensive line. I I just hope that we don't rush getting another running back. I think just like San Francisco does, like the running back by committee can definitely work. We have LaMichael P. Ryan. We could draft another guy late in the draft, you know, maybe sign a guy like Jamal Williams. I, I would hate to go after one of those bigger names. Like I love Aaron Jones but I just don't think the timing is right to go after like a big running back during the off season. I think once we establish our offensive line receiving core, I feel like then we maybe move on to the running back, but I still feel like a running back by committee is going to be the best option for us. Yeah, definitely. Oh, no. Nah, yeah. Definitely. I was just for. The offensive line definitely um, position. The Jets got to keep building on. I know they drafted. Makai Beck said, like, Connor McGovern, like, yeah, they just got to keep building on uh, the offensive line because, I mean, if you have a good offensive line, you can make – I know, obviously, it's not all the offensive line, but you have, like, a good offensive line, you can make running backs look a lot better by creating holes. So I definitely think, uh, yeah, offensive line and free agency is definitely another position they can go after. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agreement with both of you guys. Uh, I think that – Spending like a lot of money on a running back, especially for a team like where the Jets are right now, where they're probably going to be rebuilding, they're probably not going to be competing for a playoff spot this next year. I think it's just a waste of money to throw $15 million a year at Aaron Jones. Not that I don't think Aaron Jones is worth it, but I think a team like Miami, where they're set up, would be a lot more in position to go spend on a free agent running back than potentially 
the Jets. But uh, we'll also talk about in a little bit uh, the Jets maybe potentially drafting a running back one of their early picks. I will kind of bring it into the NFL draft now because, I mean, the Jets with that absolute fleece of a trade that Joe Douglas did with Jamal Adams. I mean, they got an extra first round pick, uh, pick 23. Obviously, they have the second pick. And we kind of alluded to it in the beginning that we think the Jets are going to go quarterback. Cooch, I want to hear it from you first. Uh, what quarterback or maybe another position, uh, they switch it up a little bit. What do you want the Jets to do at pick number two? All right. At pick number two, it depends like what we do with the Sam Donald situation. We're going to say we trade Sam Donald away to a team and we decide to keep the number two pick. So I think we definitely have to go quarterback there. So at number one, we all know that Trevor Lawrence is most likely going to go. And then when we get to number two, it becomes Justin Fields versus Zach Wilson. So I've been back and forth about this whole thing about I love Justin Fields' athletic ability. But I love Zach Wilson's big playability. I could see them both fitting into it. But when I have to choose in the end, I would choose Zach Wilson just because I, I question a couple of things about Justin Fields. If he's like a system quarterback and I feel like a guy like Zach Wilson has so much just athletic talent, just talent at the quarterback position that we just can't pass up on him. Core, are you in agreement? Nah, last episode. You heard I ranked Justin Fields over um, Zach Wilson. So, obviously, I'm still going to ride with Justin Fields. I know they're both – it's like you could take either one, but definitely – I mean, I've liked Fields since uh, since last year at Ohio State, and I know he was uh, at a Georgia. So, yeah, I'll take – I still take Justin Fields over Zach Wilson. I'm, I haven't really watched that much of Zach Wilson. I know he's really good. But like what I've seen from Justin Fields, I know he takes a little, he takes a little long to get rid of the ball. And uh, like Cooch said, I don't know. There are some, uh, could be some issues, like maybe him being a system quarterback. But yeah, definitely, I'll still take Justin Fields. Six three, could run, could throw, very accurately, has arm strength. I, uh, I would take Justin Fields at number at number two. And listen, to settle the one one tie. I'm gonna go against my co-host, and I'm gonna agree with our guest today. I definitely think the Jets should go Zach Wilson. Not that I think Justin Fields is a bad quarterback, but I think just Zach Wilson, what he can do. I've said this, rolling out of the pocket, throwing off platform. Uh, and I think one thing that's a little underrated, too, is that people like to bash Zach Wilson for, oh, yeah, maybe he didn't play the best competition. He's also playing at BYU with without the best like players on his team. Like Justin mm-hmm. Fields, on, like that game that he played against Northwestern, too, everybody was quick to defend him that, like, yeah, he was without Chris Olave, but, like, you go to the Jets, you're not going to have a receiver who's like like Chris Olave. That's one of the best in the country at receiver. Like you're just like that's not where the Jets are yet. I think that maybe you could already you can make the argument that if they're walking both into real good situations, that yeah, maybe uh, Justin Fields would fit better. But uh, I think like where the Jets stand as a roster now, I think Zach Wilson can just elevate those guys more to him. I think he's got uh, like just home run ability. Uh, I I personally. I think Zach Wilson is going to be real special in the NFL. I, it kind of pains me that it looks like he's set up to go to the Jets. But, uh, yeah, I'll definitely be pulling for the kid. I'm definitely a big fan of Zach Wilson. But um, kind of also want to talk about, do you think that, like, if the, like, the Jets should trade the pick, too, and move down possibly and um, stay with Darnold? Cooch, I want to hear what you think about that first. I would love all the draft picks that would come along trading the second pick away. But just again, I really I feel like it's time to just for Darnold and the Jets to just have a split 
and just both start off fresh. I mean, I would love to trade back to maybe like the eighth pick, maybe pick up a guy like Devontae Smith or, or, you know, Kyle Pitts. Like there's a whole bunch of great players in this draft. And I just wish we had our quarterback position settled because it would be so nice just to, to trade back and, and get all those draft picks to build our team up. But I, I still just, I don't think it's worth it. I think we just have, we can't miss out on one of these quarterbacks. These are, these are no consolation prizes. Both Justin Fields and Zach Wilson are very good quarterbacks. See, the, Cor- I was going to say, I mean, if, if, if like the package is big enough, like I don't know who would move up to second, but let's say it's in like the eight to 10 range was like, uh, let me get the let me get the second pick. I'll give you like the pick that we have here. Throw in like a second or like multiple picks. I mean, I would take a chance on that, just because like there is a chance. Honestly, it's very unlikely. I'm saying that there is a chance though that one of them, if they don't get picked second, falls to the eight to ten range. They wouldn't count mm-hmm. on because like the Falcons probably look like they might draft the quarterback. But yeah, there's definitely still a chance and. You could draft – there are two other really uh, good quarterbacks like Mac Jones, Trey Lance, those guys, but um, could take one of those oh. guys. You could still stick – I know you said dump, dump Donald, but, I mean, if you're, like, upgrading around him, and Donald isn't, like, the worst quarterback. I mean, he still has shown flashes. I mean, if the package is right and it's, like, not that deep in the first round, I, I would consider doing it, but only, like, if the package is – absurd amount of uh picks so so what would you do at quarterback would you keep donald or you said i mean i don't think a team would would trade a pick away and try and get like a mac jones like later in the first round i think if they wanted a quarterback they'd go early but what would you do or what do you think they would do if we were to trade that second pick away what oh if they had like a pick eight to ten i mean if if like i know if they gave away the second pick probably that team would take Fields or Wilson, and I'm saying if one of those guys fell to them at 8 or 10, I think the Jets would take them. But if one of those guys are gone, I obviously don't think they're going to take Mac Jones. But I don't so know. What would they do at quarterback position? Oh, I'm saying, I'm just asking, like, if, if you think they keep Donald, okay. They would have to keep Donald. But if they, if not, um, not they could take a guy, could take like a wide receiver in the 8 to 10 range or someone like that. I don't know how how they're going to do it. I'm thinking only if, like, you get a lot of picks in return, maybe, like, future years and then second-round picks. I don't know what they're going to do, but I think if you have to, you could keep on to Sam Donald selling his rookie deal. That's what I'm thinking if you get, like, a lot of picks back for it. No, listen, it's definitely – like, it's hypothetical, and it's – I mean – it seems like the Panthers have been real aggressive in the quarterback sweepstakes. They were really in on Matt Stafford. They were really in on Deshaun Watson. I think they lost like there was like a stat. They lost like eight one possession games or something like that. Matt Rule is saying that like if we if we win half of those, I mean we're a twelve win team literally because I mean they go four and twelve this year. So I mean there's de- I think the the Panthers are a team at number eight or they weren't even four and twelve. I think they were a little better five and eleven maybe. But uh, I think the Panthers are a team that could real get aggressive and potentially move up to the two spot. I personally don't think, I think if the Jets like any of the quarterbacks, maybe besides Mac Jones, I think if you like Zach Wilson, uh, Justin Fields or Trey Lance, and if, and if you've evaluated them and you 
decide that one of those guys is your guy. I don't think you get fancy. I think you take care of it and pick that quarterback at number two and don't run the risk of him falling. I think it gets a little complicated if you can't distinguish between the three of them or even the four of them. If you think Mac Jones maybe is one of the better ones, maybe the second best right behind Wilson, but you don't think the gap is that close, then yeah, I think maybe you do move down a little bit. But I personally think the Jets should just take whatever quarterback they value the most at second and worry about that receiver or that weapon on offense uh, a little later in the draft. Because, I mean, they are picking at 23 and 34. Are there any guys in, in that range who, like, you really like uh, and hope the Jets take? I mean, I would probably – I'd go running back. I mean, I I see in, like, mock drafts, like, a lot of them have, like, the Jets thing, like Travis Etienne at, uh, out of Clemson at number 23. I mean, I think – I don't know. I mean, Najee Harris looked pretty damn good in that – in the, the whole season for Alabama, I know he was nah, – they were both uh, top programs. So I'm not going to say, like, he had a great offensive line because Clemson, they got five-star recruits like it's nothing also. So, yeah, I would either take Najee Harris, Travis Etienne at 23. Personally, I like Najee Harris better. I know I'm, uh, maybe Etienne fits better in, like, an NFL play style. But, yeah, I would probably take Najee Harris, but would take Etienne also. Could you agree? I agree. I like, I like Najee more than – ETN, and I'd be fine with getting either of them. I mean, I want Najee uh, more. But I think instead of that pick, we might go maybe like a cornerback like J.C. Horn, you know, a physical guy from South Carolina, or even the edge rusher from, uh, what was it, Georgia? What was his name again? Aziz Ojolari. I love that <laughs> exactly. guy. Best name in college football. <laughs> I know you like that guy. I think maybe something like that, but I would, I'd still be happy with a guy like Najee Harris. Yeah, I, I'm kind of in agreement with you guys. Like, I think that Najee Harris is real talented. I think Travis Etienne would also fit really well in, like, that zone run system that the Jets plan to run. But I just I just don't love picking a running back in the first round as good as they both are, especially where the Jets are set up. I think, if like, a team like the Bills should, at pick 30 should definitely take a running back in the first round because they're ready to win a Super Bowl now. But I don't think the Jets should. Uh, I, I also wrote down J.C. Horn. I think J.C. Horn is – a tremendous corner. I remember that game he played too against like Auburn this year. He had Seth Williams in an absolute body bag. Um, yeah, he's, he's tall corner. And I mean, Robert Sala's shown in Seattle. He loves Richard Sherman. I mean, they used to have like Byron Maxwell too, who's a bigger corner. So yeah, I think JC Horn would fit real well in uh, Sala's system. I think maybe too, if a wide receiver falls to them, like I don't know if Kadarius Tony necessarily falls to them at 23. Maybe he does. I mean, he was explosive at Florida. Or a guy like Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota, I think would fit better with the Jets next to a guy like Jamison Crowder. But um, I think it, there's time to be excited for the Jets, man. I love the draft season. And you know what I mean? I don't think like with three picks in the top 34 and including the second pick, I don't really think the Jets can walk like as a fan too. You can walk away from the draft and be that upset with what the Jets did because, I mean, you really can't go wrong. Definitely not. I agree. Yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot of picks. And uh, a lot of options to go. So, I mean, I trust Joe Douglas. He's done a, a good job so far. So, yeah, definitely think I trust him a lot. So, whatever he does, I'll uh, I'll be confident in it, in it working out in the long run. All right, we'll leave off with this NFL draft talk. One last question. I just want to ask Cooch real quick. Cooch, what is your absolute nightmare scenario then? We just talked about that the Jets really can't do anything wrong in the draft. Like, you can't really walk away and be like, damn, that was a really bad draft. But, like, 
let's think of the absolute worst case scenario. What do you think the Jets could real realistically they could do that you'd be like, why do we do that? That's such a Jets move. Something the Jets could do with this draft to mess it up. I think I think the worst thing we could do is that we end up trading the second pick away. I one of the quarterbacks becomes a stud, and with all the draft picks we get, we just we have terrible draft picks and and we miss out on a, a big quarterback that we could have had. I think that's probably the worst thing we could do. But I'm not saying if we yeah. trade it away, like that's the worst thing. I'm saying the worst thing would if it pans out to be if if we miss on a quarterback, I, I think I think these, these quarterbacks are just no brainers. Like even if they end up not panning out, I think they're no brainers. I think if you end up trading away that pick and you maybe you look at like one of these quarterbacks in the future, and it's like how people look at like Mahomes when when um, mm-hmm. what was the team that traded back? What was it? Uh, Chicago? Chicago well Chicago traded, traded Chicago traded up and then they took Trubisky. Oh, that's um, what it was. That's what it was. So so the in that draft, like the 49ers traded back for I was actually gonna talk about this, so I'll kinda like what's we call it, but like the 49ers yeah. traded back, right? And with that pick, I mean Trubisky goes. So for them, it's like, all right, yeah, we did trade out of Trubisky, but I mean you also did technically at number two. I mean, they could have taken Mahomes and what's his name and Watson. I know Cleveland then traded back to and missed out on Deshaun Watson. Buffalo trades back, misses out on um Patrick Mahomes to get Josh Allen the next year, also to Debbie's White out of it. But yeah, I mean, it's just it's kind of demoralizing. Like you like trading out of a spot and then watching that guy blossom into a star and being like, Wow, man, we really went wrong with that pick. Exactly. That's how I feel. Mm-hmm. Hey, listen, for those guys these guys are paid millions of dollars to make decisions on that and we're and we're here for free. Just uh, <laughs> kind of giving our input on what we want to do. You know what I mean? But we're going to react to it. We're going to try to act like we know more. But listen, I'll put my hands in Joe, uh, my faith in Joe Douglas's hands. Excuse me, because he's proven, I think, so far that he's a pretty good drafter. So uh, kind of takes us on to the tail end of the episode. We'll wrap it up real quick with uh, uh, hopes and expectations for the Jets. And we'll get to something right after that. But, uh, Kwa, I'll start with you first. Like, What do you hope now for the Jets uh, this next season? Like, do you think that the Jets, if they have like a successful offseason, can compete for the playoffs? Like, what do you want to see the most when you turn on that, when you turn on Jet games this uh, coming September, October? Personally, I think the AFC is really hard. So, I mean, the division, Buffalo, Miami, you're never going to uh, count out Bill Belichick. Tough division, a lot of good teams in the AFC. So, I'm not necessarily sure um, if they're going to compete for a playoff spot. I don't see him winning over eight games. So, but what I want to see is I just want to see like them compete. I want to see, I want to see some close games. I want to see the offense moving the ball. Unlike it did this year. Just, just like compete in games, like make some like fun to watch. A lot of games this year were just absolute blowouts that you had, like you just want to turn the TV off really early in the game. I just want to see them play close games. Uh, have some energy out there. Robert Sala getting hyped up on the sideline. That's mainly what I want to see. And they could win. They could make the playoffs. That'd be great. But I'm not. I'm not gonna like go into the season expecting that to happen. So as long as they're competing out there, the offense looking pretty good, and uh, Robert Sala bringing uh, a new culture, new energy. I, that's what. I, that's what I want to see. Yeah, I'm with you. I think. I think like the Jets are kind of like not like two seasons away. So I think this year it's important to kind of see that the picks that they made, they're developing well, the signings they made, those guys are working out. Obviously you hope everybody stays healthy, but yeah, I think this is kind of like a 
two-year plan to make a real postseason push. So hopefully year one goes to plan. And maybe it's a team like I keep saying, like Miami, where two years ago they bring in Brian Flores, they get momentum late in the year. And then this past year, yeah, they might not have made the playoffs, but I mean, they did go 10 and six. So, I mean, that's still pretty impressive compared to where that roster was. Cooch, what about you? Uh, same thing. I, I want to see a competitive team. You know, I'm, I'm tired. I don't want to see any more blowouts. I want to see a competitive team. I want to see how Robert Sala can can turn this team around. I want to see some energy. I just I want to see the new guys develop and just look towards the future. No matter what our record is, if we have a competitive team next year and we start seeing pieces coming together, I think we'll have a very successful future. Future. Yeah, listen, you could be competitive. Like I said, like the Carolina Panthers, I mean, also a team that brings in a new coach last year, like Matt Rule. I mean, the Panthers are 5-11, and 11, but it seemed like they were in every single game. I mean, they were in that game with like the Saints where Joey Sly attempts like a 68-yard field goal, the one against Kansas City they're in. Like they were in a lot of games. I think like that like exposure to the competitive games is only going to make their players grow that much more. But uh, I kind of want to wrap up with something that we kind of saw on social media. I know Corey's dying to talk about this. So, Corey, you can take this away, this Cam Newton part. Oh, yeah. Nah, just uh, he's going to talk about Cam Newton at a, one of one of his camps. One of the one of, like the campers was was like barking at him out of nowhere, just saying, like, you're you're a free agent. And Cam Newton kind of got a little defensive. He's like, I'm rich. And then he just kept going back and forth. He's like, I'm rich. And then like they just kept going back and forth. And yeah, I just wanted to say I just thought that was uh pretty embarrassing of uh, of the camper as like when you go to a camp like that, like Cam Newton taking time out of whatever he's doing to help out with like the camp here and you're just like trolling him while this guy is probably one of the most I wouldn't say one of the most, but he even though he's a free agent right now, like he's had a really successful NFL career. I mean he Made it to the Super Bowl. He's won a Heisman. He's won an MVP. And he, he is rich. He has a lot of money. So, I mean, I would just think uh, for other, like, campers, just maybe when you go to a camp, don't be, like, trolling a former NFL superstar. Maybe try to, like, learn from the guy and um, try to take that and help you in your future, not troll a guy just because he's not his highest level of playing right now. That's just how I was feeling on it. I don't know if you guys want to wanna, wanna ch- chime in. Nah, man, I'm with you. Like, I mean, you go to the, some of those camps, especially, I mean, we've been high school athletes, man. Maybe not going to camps where Cam Newton was at them. But, I mean, that's all about a learning experience. Like, I would have been – are you kidding me? Like, if we were in 11th grade at a camp and uh, we saw Cam Newton was there, you can, I'm questioning him about a lot of stuff. Like, what did he do that separated him that much in the weight room from people? What did he do – Especially like a guy like, I mean, maybe he, this guy doesn't know as much about Cam Newton, but like, I would ask him too, like, how are you able to overcome, like, uh, getting kicked off of Florida, then going to someplace, and like, just overcoming adversity, like, uh, you know, like, just stuff like that, man. Like, even like coming back from his injuries that he's dealt with, I think it's just uh, like a, a huge, like, somebody saw it, they were like, they, the guy sold his, like, soul for like five seconds of clout, which he really did, like, poor kid, man, but like, just goes to show, like, I mean, they're professional athletes. These guys have accomplished so much. And, like, you should, like, instead of, like, kind of, like, bashing them and being like, all right, maybe he's not that good, like, just kind of, like, appreciate what he's done. Cooch, you feel the same way? I feel, I didn't see the story or the video of it, but from what it sounds like, I agree. I mean, you should never show disrespect to one of those guys, especially when you're, if you're serious about playing football, you know, I feel like you take that as a learning opportunity and you don't mess it up. 
Yeah, no doubt. I, de- I definitely want to address that. I know Corey, Corey definitely wants to address that. But I think it's important to kind of like uh, hear that and just like just remind people like, listen, these guys are professional athletes. We everybody speculates and kind of be like, oh, man, this guy is trash, man. But like <laughs> there's one thing to like say it like joking around with people. But then there's like another thing to go to somebody's face and that kind of like blatantly like disrespect them. Like I can listen. I can say that Adam Gase was a terrible coach, man. But like I still respect what Adam Gase has done as a career, man. Like he's made it farther as an NFL coach than I'll ever do. You know what I mean? So had to, like, I, I, listen, at the end of the day, these guys are professionals. They're, they've getting paid to do their job. They've paid their dues. But uh, that's going to do it for today's episode. Uh, kind of a different style episode. We're definitely going to get back this next past week. We're going to have a couple different guys on to preview the Giants offseason. I'll start with Cooch first. Anything uh, you want to leave off with? Go Jets. That's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Corey, thank you. thank you for having me, though. I appreciate it. Hey. This won't be the first. This won't be the last time. Excuse me. This won't be the last time that this happens. Don't worry, Cooch. You'll be back. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say, definitely uh, looking forward to the draft. Looking forward to uh, how the Jets evolve over this season and uh, how their future looks. So yeah, go Jets. And yep, go Jets. I can't believe I'm gonna end off, but I'll even say go Jets. Listen, as a native New Yorker. I hope they do well. So uh, that's going to do it, everybody. Take care. Have a good one.